there. You are listening to the Love and Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Sherry Johnson, and I am on this earth to help you recover emotionally, physically, and spiritually from miscarriage. It's definitely my calling. It wasn't all that long ago that I too suffered three miscarriages of my own and six years of infertility. And I really know how painful and lonely the journey can be. Over those six years, I developed some really solid tools for releasing the emotional pain of loss and for truly healing from the inside out. And I'm here to share them all with you so that you can feel like yourself again. So if you've had a miscarriage or experienced the loss that infertility brings, because there is a loss there too, you are in the right place. And I'm so grateful that you're taking the first step toward healing by joining me today. Let's get started. Hey there, this is Sherry Johnson, and you're listening to the Love and Loss Podcast. We are on episode number 32, and today I want to talk to you about anger and what to do with anger that seems to be sometimes overflowing after a loss. I know from from clients and from online support groups and my own Instagram following that a lot of women feel a lot of anger after a loss. And really, there are so many things to be angry at. I am sure that you're feeling some, at least one of these. I'm going to talk about a few of them. Um, these are the, some of the ones that I've heard. The doctor or nurses or the hospital in general, maybe for not being sensitive enough, for mismanaging the process, for treating you like a statistic. I've heard, of course, both positive and negative experiences, and and I had both positive and negative. I remember after I had my first loss and sitting in the OBGYN's office waiting room, I sat there for, it was almost two hours amongst all of these pregnant women and women with newborns who were there for their appointments. And the longer I sat there, the more angry I got, of course, because the the doctor was so late and so far behind, but for leaving me as someone who had just experienced her first pregnancy loss in the waiting room with all these other women, I was furious as I'm sure you can imagine, especially if you felt that as well, you're probably relating and getting angry all over again. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute too. So another example, my, my own MD was not a really warm and fuzzy kind of guy, but I sort of just accepted that. It was just kind of the way he was. But then while I was going through my first miscarriage, I had a lot of back and forth and complications and ultrasounds. And, and so I was in touch with my doctor quite a lot. And when my normal doctor went on vacation, another doctor on the team who I had never met before, he had to call me with some results one day and he was so gentle and compassionate. It almost took my breath away. In the few weeks after my loss, I hadn't been treated that way by any of the ultrasound technicians, the doctors, the staff, the OBGYN, anyone I had come into contact with. 
I just had not experienced that kind of compassion. And, and it really, it really took my breath away. Of course, both positive and negative experiences. I'm sure that you've experienced both as well, but the one that I had to really think about the one, the the positive one, it was the negative one that really brought up more emotion and it came more quickly to mind when I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about on this podcast. So it, it tends to be those, those anger situations that stay top of mind and they really elicit a response in us. So another example of, of people or think situations that I hear people becoming angry at your coworkers. This is another one that I see quite a lot and coworkers. It's a tough one. You may not have even told all of your coworkers that you were pregnant to begin with. And the ones that you have told then don't know how to behave or don't meet your expectations in terms of how you think they should behave. They either don't talk about your loss at all because they're afraid of upsetting you at work or they say the wrong thing or they just, they don't understand the gravity of it at all and just pass it off as something that you'll get over in a matter of a day or two. So there can be a lot of, a lot of anger and frustration with colleagues in the workplace after you've had a loss. It's such a different kind of a grief scenario than a live loss when someone loses their partner or mother or father and your, your coworkers will usually come with flowers or they'll send something to your home or there'll be an outpouring of, of sympathy. And that just isn't often the case with a pregnancy loss. So a third example, this one's pretty common, your friends and family they can often elicit an angry response in you. Either they don't support you at all, or some may say the wrong thing. Some might even tell you just to get over it and move on. For example, maybe someone from your parents' generation. I think that's that's pretty common. Our, our parents' generation dealt with pregnancy loss in a much different way than we do now, and in some ways much the same way. Um, but it can be, it can be a quite anger producing as well. I remember feeling very put off by my own mother-in-law. She had experienced a miscarriage herself while she was having her children. And yet when I had mine, she didn't say a word to me. She's a very private person and likely just assumed that I was the same and would be maybe embarrassed to talk about it or didn't want to talk about it. And in hindsight, I've, I've forgiven her all of that and, and I've let it go. But at the time I was pretty miffed and confused as well. Another example, and I seem to have many here, your partner. Oh my gosh. Our partners, they know what, they know how to hit our hot buttons anyway on a, on a good day. And when you've gone through a loss, they don't necessarily understand your grief. And so they say the wrong thing. He might, he might even tell you to get over it or doesn't remember the due date or the birth date. 
He's not sensitive about Mother's Day or holidays. And this is probably one of the biggest ones that I see on uh, online support groups, in my own group, um, within my own clients is is anger at the partner. And in fact, many relationships don't make it through a pregnancy loss, unfortunately. So there, there can be a lot of residual anger there. And the last one you may not have even thought of, but I've talked about this on the podcast before, and I talk about it in my Facebook group and online in social media. Um, this one is your body. Many women become angry with their bodies after a miscarriage, and you're definitely not alone if you're feeling that way. And there's really, there's a lot of reasons to be angry at your body. It's let you down. It hasn't performed the way that you thought it would or expected that it would. Maybe you gained weight and that feels like more distress on top of your loss. Maybe you're now experiencing infertility. So then there's more loss on top of your miscarriage or, or your, your stillborn. Um, your body just won't do what you want it to do. So you feel this lack of control and it can be really frustrating and, and that can bring about a lot of anger. I definitely felt this way after my losses. Um, I was really disappointed in my body and I felt very separate from my body and that I think made it easier to be angry at it. I sort of saw it as a, I don't know, my mind and my body were, were not connected. So you might not even be able to pinpoint what it is that you're angry at or who you're angry at or, or why you're even angry. You might have random outbursts at things that you would normally have just let go. They're small things, but you're you're extra irritable or you're more sensitive than usual. And, and all of those things can, can happen. I'm a member of another Facebook group for, I have my own Facebook group, which I'll, I'll put in the show notes just in case you're new here. Um, it's called miscarriage love and loss. And so I'll put the link to that in the show notes. So that's my, my private Facebook group, but I'm also a member of another online group. Um, and have been for a while. And that group actually has been flagged three times in two days for in the last couple of days for hate speech and inciting violence. So that's Facebook. That's actually flagging it because they're, they're searching for keywords that, that are linked to hate speech and inciting violence. And all of that sadly was sparked by just women venting together in the comments of various posts. And, and I really want to get into a little bit of that letting off steam in a Facebook group or wherever venting in general can feel good for a moment or two, but at the end of it, you're still left with the same anger you started with. So I'm going to come back to that, but I want to talk about why you're even experiencing this kind of pain because when you have a loss, you expect to feel sadness, but you might not actually expect to feel as much anger as you do. So, so some of the reasons for this, there's a reason there's a, sorry, there's a feeling of a lack of control over your body. And that can be really frustrating. There's a separation from the people around you that makes you feel really alone and misunderstood 
particularly if your partner is, is triggering you and, and isn't fully understanding your grief, that can really make you feel alone because that's the person you live with and you're with all the time and it can feel very lonely in that relationship, even though you're right next to each other. So that separation from the people around you, that, that feeling of aloneness can make you feel very separate and, and that generates, um, judgment and anger and irritation. Another reason is that you have expectations about how the people around you should behave. We all do. I do too. Um, we believe that our family and friends should act in a certain way and say certain things. And when the people around you, even we have expectations of the doctors, we have expectations that they should be compassionate. We have expectations that our family and friends will be, and our partner will be. And there's all kinds of expectations that we have about the people around us. And when they don't behave the way that they, that we expect them to, then that leaves us feeling really frustrated and hurt. So that's another reason. A last reason is just that there might be a physical component. So your hormones still might be out of whack. Um, there's a period of adjustment after you've had a loss. There's, I like to say that you've, you've actually gone through a birth. So your body is doing something that's actually very normal for your body, but on the other hand, something's also gone wrong. So your body may not be releasing all the hormones it's supposed to. It it can be releasing more hormones than it's supposed to. There, there's all kinds of things that can go out of balance there. And as you know, I'm sure hormones out of whack can certainly leave you feeling much more sensitive, irritable, and, and can cause you to have outbursts that you, you just wouldn't normally have. Quick interruption here to talk about creating your best year. We are just over six weeks into 2024. And if you haven't seen any improvement towards getting to your best year ever, even without kids, then you need to download my free guide on how to create it. You will discover what might be standing in the way of your best life. I've got three mistakes in there that you might be making that are keeping you stuck in grief and how you can really tap into what you truly desire in your life. You can get that free guide by going to sherryjohnson.ca slash best year. I will link that up in the bottom of the show notes so you don't have to worry about spelling, but it's sherryjohnson.ca slash best year. It's a free guide. It's going to help you to create your best 2024, a year full of purpose and meaning and joy. So go grab that now and let's get back to the episode now. So consider that and be gentle with yourself. If there's, you know, if your hormones may still be out of whack or you're still recovering physically and that can take months. So I think that's another expectation. This is just kind of an, an aside recovery after 
a miscarriage can take a long time, much longer than you think. Unfortunately, I hate telling you that, but there's, you know, there's the first couple of weeks after and you feel like, okay, the bleeding has stopped. Now I'm, I'm healed. My body's healed and I'm ready to, to start trying again, or I'm ready to move on. I'm healed. And, and you might not be your, your physical body may still need many more weeks to bring your your pregnancy hormone back down to normal, to readjust your estrogen, your progesterone, all of those, all of those hormones need to, to fall back into balance and, and further your emotionally healing and that affects your physical body. So the emotional healing that you need to do is going to have a, a stress impact on your body. So all that to say that, that there, that you need to be gentle with yourself for, for quite a long time after your loss. So moving on, no one really likes to feel angry. It's a really heavy emotion and it impacts not only you, but everyone around you. Think about that for a minute. There's a, there's a ripple effect on the world when you're angry. The people around you can feel that energy even, even when you haven't spoken a word to them, they can, they can feel when you're angry and that impacts the way that they behave around you. It impacts the way that their day goes at work or at home or or whatever the case may be. So, so no one really wants to, to feel angry and no one around you wants you to feel angry either. You want to, you want to feel peace. I know that you want to feel light. You want to move through your anger and and get to the joy and happiness again. That's what feels good. So I want to tell you the the secret to letting go of anger. And there's a few things that I want to talk about first that are our kind of first reactions, the way that we've learned to try to release anger and those things don't work. So Anger, first of all, is one of the hardest emotions to let go of. It's, it's really tough to let go of anger. And part of the reason for that is that when you feel angry, your ego kicks in. And I want to say that I, when I talk about ego, I don't mean ego, arrogant, um, all of those, those negative connotations that we have of the ego. It's the ego that protects you. It tries to make you feel better. It tries to make you feel more powerful. It tries to make you feel justified and righteous, but it can also keep you stuck in an emotion. So when it comes to anger, the ego will tell you that staying angry at someone means you have the power. You feel like you're in the right and, and that's pretty normal. I've felt this way. Definitely. I, st- I, even though I'm aware of this, I still feel this way. Um, when I, you know, when I get angry at <laughs> coworkers still, or, um, my husband or we all get angry. So it's normal. Um, we're taught though, that it's blowing off steam. That's going to make you better. It's venting helps you feel better. Even the the words itself, blowing off steam, venting, they suggest 
a sense of letting go, but they don't actually do that at all. So think about a time, maybe just get a a, a situation in your head when you felt hurt by someone or you you've been really angry with someone for something they said or something they did can be anyone just get that situation in your head and think about and I actually want you to think about a situation when you've told somebody else about it you know you come you've had a situation at work and you come home and tell your husband about it or you've uh, you've gotten angry with your husband and you went and told one of your girlfriends about it get that situation in your head when you just remember the feeling of that and what the what all the details were and think about once you related the story to your husband or to your girlfriend or whoever you told that story to what actually happens what happened in the moment how did you feel what typically happens, they, they relate to you. They might even share a similar story. They will say, oh, that's, that sucks. That is so terrible. That, you know, that was so mean or so whatever. They'll, they'll, they'll agree with your story and it makes you feel good for a moment. But what it actually does, if you think about how you feel how, how riled up you might get as you retell that story and how self-righteous you might feel when, when your friend or your husband agrees with you, that actually fuels your feeling of power and your feeling of being right. And it actually fuels your anger because you get all riled up again when you tell the story. And after your venting session, you might feel elated for a short period of time. But when you walk away, you still have that anger. Nothing has actually changed. You still feel just as bad as when you started. I want you to think about a few different scenarios. I'll leave that with you. And and just run through a couple of scenarios in your head and really think through the different emotions that you felt as you retold the story, as you heard your, your friend or your partner's response. And then how you felt later. And did you retell that story again to somebody else? And did it rile up the same level of anger? And if it did, then that venting didn't help a bit. So the key to feeling better is actually not what you'd expect. The key to feeling better is forgiveness. We're taught from the time that that we're kids on the playground that forgiving means giving up our power but it's actually the opposite. It's actually taking our power back. When you stay angry at someone or stay angry at a situation, you're giving that person or that situation your power. And when you let go, you're actually lifted up. So it can be really tempting to hold your forgiveness over that person's head. It can it can make you feel that sense of power, like, like forgiveness is something that is yours to give, but it only means that you continue to feel angry when you don't forgive and, and let that go. So the freedom comes 
it's actually in your own power to feel freedom. And that free, that feeling of freedom comes when you forgive and when you let go. So forgiving is actually about you. When you forgive your body, when you forgive your partner, your coworkers, the doctor or the nurses, when you just let go, you'll feel free. So maybe without even trying to forgive just yet, because you might be gripping that, that anger pretty tightly. So you might not be, be ready to let it go just yet, but for now, just contemplate the thought of the feeling or the freedom of letting go of loosening your grip on that anger and just letting go of the heaviness. So I hope that you found some value there. If you want to hear more about how to actually forgive and, and the, the, some of the tools that I use to, to help me do that, because I know it's not always easy. Um, there's a couple of things you can do. You can download my, my free guide to making peace with your triggers. That is something that I released quite a while ago and it, it does get into forgiveness and, and letting go through journaling and, uh, meditation. So that's one thing that you can do. And I'll put the link to that in the show notes at sherryjohnson.ca slash 32. We're on episode 32. And the other thing that you can do is join my free Facebook group. It's called Miscarriage, Love and Loss, Love and with an ampersand, Loss. And I'll also put that link in the show notes. And that's a a space where you can feel free to vent, but I'm also going to be in there helping you shift your perspective. So I'm not going to turn off your post if you, if you vent or if you share a challenge that you're having, but I am going to, to share my own perspective on how you might be able to let that go. So that is something that you are free to do over in my private Facebook group. So I encourage you to join and that's it today. So as I said, I I hope you found some value in this today and perhaps maybe even shifted your perspective just a tiny bit and I will be back to do some more of that in another episode next week. Bye for now. Before you head out, I would be forever grateful if you left me a review on iTunes as that's going to help other women who are suffering from miscarriage or infertility to find this podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'll be back next Thursday with another episode for you. In the meantime, make it a week of nurturing and healing for yourself. Bye for now.